Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sports Biz and Believe. Yours truly, Fred Wallen, and uh, our guest again, Tom Hoforth, a fine writer for the L.A. Times, Sports Business Journal, L.A. Business Journal. And, uh, Tom, welcome again to the show. Thanks, Fred. I'm just enjoying one of the nice sunsets here we have in Los Angeles, and uh I, I really would love to rub it into everybody else, but I, it's here for everyone. We can all appreciate it. Can I ask you a question, just as you brought that up? And, folks, this is a, you know we're doing this live at uh, 5 o'clock on uh, Thursday. Why can't we just live with uh, daylight savings time 24? <laughs> I mean, 24 hours a day, 12 months a year. Why is that so difficult to do? I don't know, because here it doesn't, it, it doesn't make any sense. I know the reason to start it, you know, long ago, but it, it – just confuses people. My, my in-laws live in Yuma, Arizona. They don't have it. They stay on the same time. So we have to figure out what time it is there every time we go over it. It changes every six, six months. And we can't ever figure out whether we pick up an hour or lose an hour. It's like, why can't we just all stay on the same page? Uh, your point well taken. Arizona doesn't change. Part of Indiana does. Part of Indiana does not. I'm confused, but we're talking <laughs> sports biz right here on Believe. Tom Hofarth there. I'm Fred. And uh, you're not. Hey, folks, you can email us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred. AOL.com. Remember uh, that. We're in 2020, and Fred is at AOL.com. Well, only because in 1998, <laughs> AOL called me and offered me $500 to get that name, and I turned them down. So now at this point, I am actually paying them $30 a month for yeah. no reason whatsoever. Uh <laughs> To keep it, I didn't want. I, I didn't want That's to be a bad sport. sports business decision. I think I've made a few, and I, I did not want to uh, be sports biz uh, twelve hundred and sixty eight. Uh, sports biz Fred twelve sixty eight, or you know. Anyways, okay. So um, it's twenty twenty for crying out loud. All right, this decade, of course, um, on June fourth, two ten, we lost uh, John R. Wooden. He didn't quite make a hundred years of age, but uh, he changed the scope. He changed everything for a lot of us growing up in the 60s uh some of us uh and folks if you're not old enough to remember or you just it's not your fault but uh we would listen the games usually start at eight o'clock um for ucla on a friday night and the choice was you listen to the great fred <laughs> hessler on camp pc or you don't you try to hide yourself and uh at 11 p.m you listen on you watch uh, and listen to Dick, the great Dick Enberg on, on Channel Five. A very tough decision. Most right. of the time, most of the time, I did both. Tom, what did you do on a Friday night at that point? What was my excuse for staying up past you know eleven o'clock? And I, it, I, I can't believe you're bringing that up. What a great memory that we had as kids that nobody will ever experience anymore. And it just reminded me too about how the NBA Finals back in the '80s were, you know, not even on live TV. And then we have David Stern now who just passed away and, and and all the things that he did to improve the game and nba ratings and the, as a business but yeah those were uh, those days when you could watch ucla in basketball when it was at its peak i mean now you wouldn't even you, you know bat an eye at missing a ucla game but because um, you could see the replay on youtube you could hear about it um you know within moments but you had to really hide yourself from the news just to just to be able to experience the great bill walton days and all those Great, great teams, and and it was it was a treat. I mean, it was really a treat to stay up late to watch those games. You know what I would used to do? My uh, next uh, eldest brother, 
uh, didn't want to uh, listen to it, didn't want to know the score, so I would call right. from out from outside and uh, give him the score very quickly when he answered the phone. <laughs> so I'd wreck his Friday night, no question about that. But he, but but I paid for it. He's became a multimillionaire as an attorney, and I've just been a lowly uh, uh, sports uh, talk show host. Um, John R. Wooden, um, again, what he meant, what he's done, uh, folks. Again, if you're not old enough, the man won. 38 consecutive tournament, that's do-or-die games. Tom, you know, they talk about the 88-game winning streak as maybe the greatest streak in sports or DiMaggio's 56. I think, honestly, 38 consecutive tournament victories, when if you lose, you're gone, might have been the greatest uh, in history uh, a streak in sports. Did that end with the uh, 74 championship with Walton? Uh, yeah, it did. It did, and they were up by ten against North Carolina yeah. State, and uh, yeah. and they up again in overtime. And we're talking Tom Burleson and Monty Tao and David Thompson. Right. But UCLA was the better team. If you hear Walton, which I'm not asking you to do, folks, because I can't. But uh, he has mentioned <laughs> that so many times. But again, oh, yeah. where would you, where would you rate 38 consecutive tournament victories? It's it's you can't even wrap your head around it because t- in today's world that doesn't make any sense. Because the, you, what do you have to win this, to win a championship in the in the in the sixty four team tournament? Now it's what six games, seven games, six or seven, yeah, yeah. And to think that you could do that, you have to do that uh, six, seven, or seven seasons in a row, as they were in a row, and they, they didn't take any you know any brackets off. I mean, they were they were completely an untouchable team, and it's it's in today's world, in today's one and done, in today's you know, experience with college coaches. There's no way Coach K couldn't even touch that. I mean, Coach K, I think recently broke a wooden record. Right? Was it? Uh, was it most? Most? What was the record that he broke? Most times the number one. I think it was, was most times the number one. And again, folks, folks, yeah. let, let me just explain it, and then we're going to go on to another subject. Although wooden meant so much to uh, sports business, sports media, and, and just sports in Southern California. In 19, they win in 1964. They win in 1965. And 64, of course, was the perfect season with Walt and uh, Gail Goodridge. And, and they beat uh, Duke uh, for, for the championship. The next year they beat Michigan. Now it's 66. And Goodridge is gone. And Hazard was gone for two years. And Freddie Goss, their, was going to be their point guard, or at that point their lead guard, whatever you want to call him, came down with mononucleosis. He missed half or more than half the season. So Oregon State actually won the conference ahead of UCLA. However, if God, I'm, gonna, I'm stating this unequivocally. If Goss had been healthy, the Bruins would have won the conference and won uh, another NCAA championship. Again, he, when you had to win the conference to get in the tournament. Yes, only one was allowed in. And then in 74, as Tom indicated, the loss to North Carolina State, they win in 64, 65, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, and 75. Tom, it's been 44 years since John Wooden retired the uh, night before the final game in 1975. You believe it could be 44 years? No, no. Now, now you're killing me, Fred, because I remember those games like yesterday, and I'm 58 now, and I don't feel like I'm that old, but those memories, I mean, even John Wooden being gone now for 10 years, that's how the decade started, 2010. And it, to, to, to think about how far the game has come from then, just as a TV sport, just as a, as a business and everything else in the, in the sports world, it's just my, my fifth grade teacher was a, was a uh, devotee to John Wooden's Pyramid of Success. She had that taped up 
on her wall in my fifth grade class, and that was when I was a UCLA fan. I mean, I, I could not help but being it then. So that would have been in the mid mid seventies, uh, and it just it just it was just a perfect parallel to how I grew up loving sports and and embracing what was all about Los Angeles sports and and you know what drove me into wanting to become part of that business when I got older. John Wooden, there's only one of you, and uh, I hope you're listening to the show right now. Uh, talking about UCLA, this is sort of on the subject and sort of off the subject. Well, at UCLA, Darren Collison played four years at UCLA, and I love the four-year guys because the one and done to me is rec college basketball as well as hurt the NBA. But anyways, Darren Collison played four years at UCLA. He's had a nice 10-year NBA career. He retired right before the season began because he's religious and he was going to spend more time uh, with his religion and his family. He wants to come back. And everybody says it's going to be the Clippers or the Lakers. Tom, you're heard by thousands of people right now on Sports Biz Los <laughs> Angeles on Believe. I'm putting you on the spot. Darren Collison, would he fit and where does he sign? Clippers or Lakers? Well, does he live in Los Angeles? I don't yes. know if that was clear or not. So, yeah, obviously that would make a huge difference to him not wanting to go anywhere else. Um, I would think he would be a better fit with the Lakers. I think the Clippers are almost uh, a team that's just too nice to mess with right now with with their bench players and everything else. The Lakers still have some tweaking to do. Um, they, I think the Lakers could use him more, uh, but it would not be surprising, I, I think, if the Clippers got him just because I think – they just have uh, – they don't have a need for him, but they could really use him to fit what they're doing right now with what with, with they have uh, inter- interchangeable parts. I, I think he could do more damage with the Clippers, but I think the Lakers might need him more. So that's not answering the question. I think uh, everything everything being equal, I think he would go to the Clippers. I agree with you. I was going to say I disagree with you when you open with the Lakers. Uh, I think <laughs> no, because I think he wants to handle the ball. And with the yeah. Lakers, you got uh, you you got LeBron handling the ball. I, I think common sense would dictate uh, uh, with the Clippers uh, he would handle the basketball more often, and that's his shtick. So I think it's the Clippers, and anybody, they're going to offer him ten million. And he'll survive on that kind of money. Wow. And uh, anyways, uh, okay. So February two thirteen. Dr. Jerry Buss passed away. And again, for folks who follow the Lakers closely, as Tom has and I have, certainly in the 2000s, uh, Jerry Buss, because, well, he wanted to make money, and he spent money to make money, and he kept the Lakers in contention every year, passed away in 2013, did the right thing, giving Jim Buss uh, the chance uh, to run the club. And, of course, Jim Buss not capable of doing so. Uh, Jeannie is, and Jeannie's turned him around in a couple of seasons where she had to fire Jimmy. But uh, your thoughts about uh, the loss of Jerry Buss? Well, when I um, when he went into the Basketball Hall of Fame, and it was probably a couple years before that, um, I did an interview with him based on the fact that not only was his impact on the league buying the Lakers and turning it into a, an entertainment show, and unfortunately, you know, he had to partner with Donald Sterling to get him a good word to get into the league, and that partner with Sterling on anything now looks horrible, but that was what he had to do. Um, his impact really was in the cable TV business and getting the Lakers games on a cable station that um, generated more money. So he could, he was not afraid of showing the games on live television in Los Angeles to him. That was his audience. And that's what made the, his business even bigger. You didn't sure it's a special thing to be in the arena with all the celebrities, but it was even a bigger deal to have access to every Laker game and, and on the channel. That's where he started Prime Ticket back in the in the uh, '80s, and to me that was a huge thing that he partnered 
with the people in uh, in Denver and and got that all started, and everyone saw the model and the the format that he built for that. So everything that he's done to me is his basketball Hall of Fame um, uh, resume. It has to include his impact on cable TV sports. That's Tom Hofarth of uh, the Los Angeles Times Sports Business Journal, LA Sports. Uh, uh, LA Business Journal. I'm Fred, and you can email us right here on Believe in Sports Business at sportsfred at aol.com. Sportsfred at aol.com. And Tom, you mentioned a name that irritates me every time somebody mentions yep. it Donald Sterling. 2014, yep. uh, people got a hold of some of his tweets or emails or something, and uh, they were racist. And uh, David Stern, phone of course. Phone call, he, yeah. Phone call audio from TMZ got it. Yeah. Phone call audio from T- TMZ, and then, of course, uh, on New Year's Day this year, uh, uh, D- D- David Stern passed away. But David Stern did the right thing. He suspended him. He kicked him out. He expelled him from the league, and he fined him on top of that. But because of that, uh, the Clippers have a fine new owner, Steve Ballmer. People said right away he's going to move out of Los Angeles, go up to Seattle or something, but there's no way of that. And Steve Ballmer, to me, has done everything just about you can ask for from an owner. Your thoughts? I, I could not believe how quickly that all changed because – once that was verified, and, and the, the uproar, President Obama was was spoke out against it. Everybody was everybody who seemed to be in his corner was just completely against him, and forcing him to sell the team. And he sued everybody to try to you know get his name back, and he he couldn't win any of that. Um, the impact of him leaving and Bomber, you'd, you'd, I mean, they just Clippers just got lucky that Bomber was available and wanted to do it. He'd been looking around, yeah, and, and it would make sense to have a team back in Seattle. The Sonics were a great franchise up there. Um, but what Bomber has done, and I, I thought when Bomber bought the team, a smart move would have been to change the name, like start over again, let the city, you know, pick a new nickname, and let's just leave the Clippers behind. But they, you know, to their credit, they stuck with it, and I think that, that when they eventually do win something, they want to win it as a Clippers franchise because – it, it has gone for so long, for so bad, that who Bomber right now wants to make that name have value. And to me, the Clippers have always been like uh, the Exxon Valdez, or you know, uh, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's just why why even keep that name anymore? It's, you know, it's like Time Warner Cable, right? You just let's just call it Spectrum. Let's give it a whole different name. Enron Field. Let's get rid of Enron and and call it something else. But no, the Clippers decided to stick with the name. They 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 want to be. It's funny to see their marketing now. They want to be now as a blue collar LA, right? With the with the old English logo jerseys and everything. They want to be you know a little hard, have some edge to them. But it's funny because they're just as as much a glamour team and and you know it's it's we before team and all that we before I you know all their logos. But they've got a guy who's the star of the team. Kawhi Leonard is the one who's all about you know. Uh, load management and you know it's me before the rest of the team just, just preserve him but uh but you know bomber's been a, a great breath of fresh air he's been a, somebody who's put his money into it put his heart into it and i and i think the people it resonates with la for people who want an alternative to the laker mess that has been the last four or five years so you know all more power to him and finally uh the move to inglewood to me at the forum i guess they're going to uh uh, redo the form and and play there, uh, and that, I don't know if next year, or the year after, whatever the case might be. But they need their own home, right? Well, they they seem to be because it's a three ten at home is just way too many. And and when you're playing, when you're stuck 
by playing the, the day game on a Sunday when you'd rather play the night game, and you, and you're playing back to backs and and in odd schedules. You're you the, you're the third tenant of that building, even though it's it's really the Kings building and the Lakers are the main uh, you know second tenant. But why not have your own arena? I mean, if you to me, I always thought he should have moved to Anaheim as well because Anaheim was was a, another major market that could support him and he could still stay in L.A. But if you know if you're going to stay here, why not you know go back and build your own arena somewhere else? And there's all kinds of places in LA to build it. And if Inglewood works, you know because of the SoFi Stadium, you know so be it. Then that's good for him. Why not? Tom, next week we'll discuss the the future of Philip Rivers with uh, the Chargers, if there's a future. The future of Todd Gurley uh, with the Rams. Uh, the future of uh, Mel, Melvin Gordon with the Chargers, which I don't think there's going to be one. But we'll talk about that next week on Believe. I'm happy you're back from Yuma, Arizona. We're here. <laughs> Time is right. In Yuma, it's never right. <laughs> Folks, no more standard time. We are fighting here on Believe for daylight savings time as quickly as possible. Tom, stay well. Thank you for doing it. We'll do it again next week. And thanks for appearing on, on Believe in Sports Business. Absolutely. My pleasure, Fred. Thanks for having me. The great writer Tom Hofarth, Los Angeles Times, Sports Business Journal, L.A. Uh, Business Journal, and I'm Fred uh, right here on Believe. Listen to all the shows on Believe. Mario, thank you very much for putting the show together because I can't even do a podcast without Mario's help. And, of course, email us at sportsfred at AOA.com, sportsfred at AOA.com. And we'll see you next week across uh, Southern California and around the world right here on Believe. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.